Welcome back to another episode of Bopcast, where it is my job to interview outliers who are breaking the mold regardless of the status quo. And today on the show, I have my man, Justin Wynn. Justin ditched the Fortune 500 corporate 9-to-5 job to become a content creator and launch his media company, Declassified Media. Justin is also the creator of the Declassified College Podcast, which has now amassed hundreds of thousands of listeners and over 250,000 followers on TikTok at this moment. Justin is the epitome of somebody who broke the mold regardless of the status quo, uh, didn't want to go into corporate America, and decided to carve his own path. I connected with Justin on LinkedIn a few years ago. I've been keeping up with his content, and I actually even got featured on his podcast. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, They did an entire episode on how I got my corporate job, actually, a job that I ended up leaving to start my own business. But I digress on that one. Uh, We talk about a lot in this episode about how the business came to be, what he's doing for college students, where he sees it going, um, how he landed an interview in Dubai, and some other crazy experiences along the way in his journey. So appreciate you listening to this episode. As you know, our sponsor is SodaBeats.com, the easiest and best way to make hip-hop and rap beats online. You can use the link in the show notes to try that out. Thank you so much for listening. Please enjoy this episode with Justin Wynn. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Bopcast. Today on the show, I have Justin Yen. Is that how you pronounce your last name? I it's actually asked. it's actually Win. So like W I N. Win. Super easy. <laughs> Damn! Look at that, man. I was trying to make it more complicated. Justin Win on the show. Make it his last name spells super complicated, but when you say it. It's effortless, man. And that's what we like to have on this podcast right there. So I did okay. I was almost there. I didn't butcher it too bad. But um, yeah, man, we, we like to take have a raw podcast out here just to show people that we're not staging anything, man. We connected um, connected on your podcast, actually. I'm really grateful to be on that show. Um, man, College Declassified, doing big things for college students, actually providing real resources that aren't tainted by some university or some other, you know, mass power that's that, uh, you know, this cycle that we're always in, whether it's colleges or... Or institutions, or you know, Pearson, or whoever these massive companies are, man. You guys are taking that really grassroots approach, and 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 I really vibe with that, man. I pitched you my story, and you're like, all right, let's do it. Um, so I, you know, super grateful to be on there, and just you know, through LinkedIn, I've been following your content, and I just have seen this come up even over the last couple years of you know of myself being on linkedin and just kind of passively seeing your stuff and then and then really like starting to engage i see your stuff on like weekly now so um it's been a cool journey to see but i gotta digress here i'm talking too much justin if you want uh just give the listeners you know a little gist of kind of who you are and what you do and and uh you know it's up to you you know how much you want to disclose on that but we're gonna really go go into it uh over the course of the podcast but just give them a small gist of kind of, of who course you are. yeah i mean shout out to linkedin right i think we probably connected two three maybe even longer ago or something like that yeah you're right it was a it's while probably back. been a lot a while um but like to the point of linkedin that's kind of where my my journey started um started getting onto linkedin when i was in college to differentiate myself 
that led me to creating content um, on LinkedIn. And then ultimately the reason why I started declassified media was because I saw that there was this need, at least for myself, that I wish that I had someone to tell me all of these cheat codes I had learned through college to help me like network better, tell me meet cool people, tell me land jobs and internships. So I wanted to just share that to as many students as possible. And I wanted to make sure that that information was always free right? There's this information out there, but a lot of it was behind a paywall, but behind like a $300 course, $1,500 course, whatever it may be. No knock to that business model. I get that. But for me, I just wanted to find a way to build a sustainable business by giving all this content away for free. And that's why we're a media company. We have like over 300,000 students following us on all of our social platforms. And that allows us to monetize um, with sponsorships and ads rather than monetizing our students. So it's been dope. It's been awesome. I would have never thought that I'd be here. I thought I'm 25 now. I thought that I would be on like Wall Street um, doing some investment banking or like consulting at a big four company. But here we are in my bedroom or not not even my bedroom, my office in my apartment with a backwards hat on, on a podcast with my guy, uh, Sully on the other end. So here we are. Living the life, man, I gotta say. And, and you know, digital business is, is incredible. I completely was not... Not that I wasn't invested in it, I wasn't over invested in it. I was, I, I, I looked at it as a way out, right? I'll make my money online and then I'll go in person. And then I'm like, wait a second, you can reach so, you can help so many more people online because you don't have that barrier. You don't have to drive anywhere. You don't need gas. You don't need to be in the same location. You don't, you know, need to get tested. You don't need to do all these things. And so, um, yeah, man, it's kind of crazy to live it, isn't it? Like even just to make content and like literally I comment on people's thing, posts on LinkedIn as part of my job. Like that's, some people hate it, but I look at it like that's my job. Like I can't, I can't, I, like I, I learned to love it, you know, because it's kind of crazy. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, it's interesting. And I think for a lot of people, it's at least for me, like coming from, I grew up in a super small town um, where like the path is you go to college, probably Yukon, and then you come back and then you work doing whatever it may be at probably an insurance company. Um, like there was, there's like some entrepreneurs in the town, but entrepreneurship is not even something that was on the table at the time. And for me, I think making that first dollar online, I think I made, I think my first sale was like 200 bucks to do a LinkedIn profile or something like that. Maybe even less. And 80 bucks for me. Mine was a voiceover yeah. for 80 bucks. Yep. Took me two months to get it. And like, I was yeah. like, yo, for some reason, this felt so much easier, even though it might've taken me a way longer time. Like I think I was probably creating content on LinkedIn for a year, year and a half before that, before I made my ever first sale. That felt so much easier making that sale than it was working all of my years refing soccer back in high school, right? Um, don't know what what the reason for that, but I think when you first make that dollar online, I, I think your world really opens up to like, oh my God, there's something to this. And yeah, I mean, and and remember when you were refing soccer and you thought you were getting like a hundred bucks a game, you're like, this is insane. This is so easy. And then, you know, it's crazy. Like that seems, that was the thing. I remember refing basketball. I was making like, 20 a game dude i thought i was like cool yeah. extra 60 bucks in my pocket you know in, a, in in the morning and then you make that you make money online and you go oh my god the door of your mind just opens right to all those possibilities and you can speak to this i mean um kind of going off that lens of like yeah i mean the entrepreneurs that are my neighbors one owns a restaurant one owns a landscaping business one owns a nursery it's weird like i have a ton of entrepreneurs on my road on my street i don't know i just realized it in this last year but they all own like all these you know no 
knock to them at all, but all these blue collar businesses. Um, and you know, most of, like you said, you go get a, you go get a college degree. Like, you know, where I live, it's pretty similar. Like these, um, our generations, like these newer generations are going college degree, but where I live, everybody would just go, you know, go work on a farm. You'd be a mechanic, you'd be a carpenter, you go in the union, right? All these different things. Um, but no clear path to online digital world, no clear, no path at all. No, nobody even told me that you could be, that there was, you know, corporate training where you can literally like manage, train people about managing their employees. Like that's an actual job, six figures plus job. No, nobody ever told you. There's like literally eight jobs that they tell you about. And then it's like the other ones are like, maybe somebody will put you on, but. Yeah, it's crazy. I, and I think, I think that's the most interesting thing that I learned in college was like, there is more to working than a financial analyst or a marketer or a consultant or an investment banker or a computer scientist or whatever it may be, right? Like, I feel like when we're growing up, like you said, there's like eight jobs, maybe like realistically, maybe let's just say 20 jobs that we're put in front of our head. Um, but there's so many things out there, right? There's like customer success. There's um, creator leads now. There's creator curators now. There's community builders, just people there to build the community and, and engage on, on a Discord or a Slack group, you know? Exactly. So it's like, there's so much out there that you really don't know is there until you meet the right person. Um, and I think that's what declassified really wants to do is again, we don't think that we're going to, we're not going to become the Wikipedia of career education. We have no, no means to become that, but we want to be a starting point for a lot of students where it's like, oh, you heard one key nugget in that episode. Then that leads you down the rabbit hole to become a product manager or like, oh, you heard, um, they heard you talk on our podcast. Like, oh, you can make money making other people's podcasts. Let me go down that route. Right. And then, oh, maybe that person ends up at Spotify working on their podcast division or something like that. So we want to be the starting point for a lot of students' journeys to just spark something in their brain for them to look deeper into. Um, and that's why our TikToks um, are only 30 seconds long. And it, it's been it's been dope. I know that story of putting my episode and the episode wasn't long. It was whatever, 10 minutes maybe. But even putting that episode into 30 seconds, I was like, first of all, um, I don't know her name, but but uh, the girl who made the, the video, she's she's good. She's talented. She put that together shout to be to able to. Shout out to Sophia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Sophia for making that. Thank you, Sophia. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> it. It's a great video, but that's tough. I mean, like I've done it. I just did it with reels. I was posting reels. They were doing good. A thousand views, 2000, 3000. Okay, cool. I'm getting people to come to the profile. Um, I just checked, it was like 13,000 organic views or 13,000 views from Reels in the last 30 days. Um, not a lot of conversion to followers, but doesn't matter. I'm just there for, for really just to get people to see it. I took one of my videos, it was literally me just like going like this and to the camera. And I what I did was I did what all these vloggers and YouTubers always did because they started it is they cut everything. You don't, there's no so or but or and or um, it's just statement, 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 statement. And then it got 10,000 views and it's like, oh, it's really in, like you guys do, it's in the editing. It's in the v display of the video. Like, I can't create a clip of this, like, you know, what just one minute unedited. That's not going to work, you know? Um, and, and I'd love to, there's like 400 different directions I can go off of that. But how did you get, um, I know, I think I know the, 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 the reason for the podcast um, a little bit. So I, I could dive in there, but I really would love to go to the content side of it. Um, so you have this podcast, College Declassified, you have the name, you're building out, I guess, the structure for it. What was your mindset going in for how we're going to grow this thing? Was it, did you know it was going to be TikTok? And then did you know 
it was going to be TikTok, you know, that was going to happen on TikTok. So just talk to me a little bit about the kind of the content strategy for, for, for the podcast and for people listening, just so I could give a little context. If you don't know what, if we're, you know, speaking another language to you here, you know, basically when you have a podcast, you got to figure out how you're going to get more listeners on it, unless you don't want to grow. But if you want to grow, you have to figure that out. So Justin has this podcast, College Declassified, as he's been speaking about, and um, the, your content strategy is 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 very effective, um, and so and what that means is, yeah, that's a way to get people to to listen and, and grow the show and help more people. So, what is what was that like going into it in the beginning of the process to start to grow College Declassified? Yeah, I mean, first off, thank you. Um, I think you're giving me more credit than than is actually due. Um, the other thing is, it's actually Declassified College, but it's funny because everyone always says college declassified um because it's which, ned's declassified that's why right that's why. exactly exactly that's, that's probably a, thanks why. for correcting me though i appreciate you doing that so, <laughs> no so most worries. people won't correct me so i really that's great i'm no, gonna no write worries. it down so i remember <laughs> but i mean ned's declassified was kind of like the the branding behind it all we're like oh ned's declassified like i grew up watching that show right i was like oh i wish there was something about college right um but Basically, when it came to the beginning of this company, we wanted to start off with this podcast because podcasting has always been in my background. And what we started to do was going out and reaching out to a bunch of students and be like, yo, what do you do? Like, what do you listen to? Um, and what do you pay most attention to? And when we were talking to them, it was like, we don't really listen to the podcast too much um, because they're just way too long um, and they're not great if, we, if they're being honest. And then secondly, if we do spend the most or most of our time is being spent on YouTube and TikTok, typically watching vloggers. And so when we took all that information in, we're like, okay, we need to make a podcast that follows a vlog format of different characters into each episode that is cut up very quickly, um, but that is also short because most vlogs were around that 10 to 15 minute mark uh, on YouTube. So that's why every single episode on Declassified is around that five to 15 minute um, timeframe. And then we typically, unless it's an interview episode, like the one that you were on, um, typically it's featuring anywhere between two to five different students um, per episode. So you're not just hearing my voice. You're not just hearing one other person's perspective. You're hearing from multiple different student perspectives that come from multiple different backgrounds, all the way from the first generation student that's coming to the U.S. to the international student that's coming to you to the U.S. to the legacy student that's that's family's been in the U.S. and has had like three or four generations of college graduates. So you're getting cheat codes from all different directions, and I think that's the beauty of of what we're building with our show. And the media company in general. Yeah, the attention span thing. You get like that's that's it. You know, and and I take a hit. Like if my podcast was ten minutes, dude, twenty minutes. Are you kidding me? Like people would binge them. The thing is, you can't binge something that's an hour, two hours long. And now this is my medium. Like I'm developing listeners that want this content, right? That want this long form. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't get any more. I I get, you know. So many more listeners if I just post TikToks and Reels every day. It's just that's the facts, right? But then if I stopped, that those new listeners, a lot of them won't they they won't actually stay, you know. So I think there's one thing to posting and then another thing to keeping them. And and I think the form of your podcast really was set up to keep people because once they see five minutes, they're like, I can listen to that next week. Like I can, if they have a new one next Tuesday, then I'll be able to listen to it. It's only seven minutes, you know, yeah. whereas, you know, with other podcasts, it's like, I can't fit an hour a week, another hour a week, two hours a week into my schedule. That's it. You know, I'll just follow the Instagram and that be it. So yeah, man, that's really cool. So you started with the idea of the business before 
because like i guess i was under the impression that it was just a podcast but like can you speak on like the actual i guess your goal behind like i guess you know without the podcast what was your goal um for yeah. like the de declassified college itself yeah so like basically what we were what i was doing in my personal career uh, i had gra i graduated in december 2018 and for about a year year and a half i kind of took like a gap year of like doing some LinkedIn consulting to pay the bills and make um, a, like a solid income that that I wasn't too, too worried about. Um, but I wasn't in love with doing LinkedIn consulting, right? We, we go off on our own as entrepreneurs. But as you know, if you open up an agency, you you are an entrepreneur, but you're more of a freelancer than an actual entrepreneur. You're a solo, yeah, whatever, solopreneur, whatever you you're want to You're a solopreneur it. where, but you have to keep, like, instead of having one boss now, you've got like five or seven, five or seven different bosses. And you bosses. can't stop. If you stop, the money stops. Yep. Exactly, exactly. So I, I like, I th again, I think that's something that people don't realize that if you're building an agency model, whether it's marketing, podcasting, whatever it may be, um, you actually end up having more bosses than just one because every single client ends up being a boss. And I realized that I had like three or four clients at the time. I was like, yeah, um, this is not scalable, at least for me. And I definitely don't want to keep on doing this. And I'd always had in the back of this, uh, in the back of my head of like, I really want to help students out with their career. Um, but again, I didn't want to charge students for anything because I just personally didn't feel right. So I always went into building declassified um, with the mindset of, I need to make this a sustainable business without ever charging students. And people called me crazy and I'm like, that's fine. You can call me crazy, but I'm going to figure out a way to do this. And luckily enough, like we started the podcast, podcast was going well. Um, but what really launched us was when we launched our TikTok in uh, September, like August, or October, uh, 2019, uh, or no, October, 2020. Sorry. So that was, that was like, when we blew up and that's when we really were starting to able to monetize things. And now it's like, we have our media side, which is great. Um, and it's going well, consistently um, bringing in revenue. And then now we want to start bringing on like our recruiting side, since we are getting in front of these students, we know that companies want to get in front of these, these students and get their jobs and internships in front of them. So now we're starting to break into, into that Avenue now. And, and do you see, do you guys kind of have almost kind of a criteria or, or, or something for vetting, these companies, um, because because I figure, you know, same thing with business. You go into business, yeah, you want to be your own boss, whatever. But you also want to work with who you want to work with. You want to be able to choose your clients. And and I think sometimes I've met great CEOs at my college who are offering jobs. I've met, I've talked to Enterprise Rent a Car three times, and it's like. I know what you guys are doing. I get it. Like the opportunity is cool, but I just, um, you know where I'm going with it, with this. I, I just feel like it's a lot of kind of cookie cutter jobs and cookie cutter type of companies. So what does that look like when, um, I assume you're not going to just like take the same enterprise rent a car, just like <laughs> the college is going to take, you know, like what do those companies look like? Um, you know, and how do they find you and stuff like that? I'm interested in that. Yeah. I mean, I think so right now we're still in the process of figuring out what that that revenue side is going to come from in terms of clients, uh, in terms of like offerings, what we've got is we've got a job board, which is the job board right now is filled with a bunch of startup companies that you've probably never heard of because they're just getting, um, their, their foot off the ground or they've just raised their series a, and maybe they have a, a couple hundred thousand, or maybe they've got like a million bucks that they just raised or something. And they're looking. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's on our, um, our job board there. And then what we're really looking to, from a revenue standpoint, because again, we've got to subsidize everything somehow. 
<clears throat> is can we start working with larger companies that they do have interesting jobs within them, but they do a really bad job of branding themselves, right? So yes, insurance is a terribly boring industry on the outside, but there's probably some really interesting jobs within the insurance industry that you can break into, right? Um, or let's say a construction company, right? Construction companies make a crap ton of money, but I wonder what a project manager does over there. Or even if like there's a sourcer or something that is in charge of buying all the stuff. Like, I think one of the funniest things was when I was in college and someone, we were at like some like round table discussion or something. And I think it was a girl, but I, I could be remembering wrong. Someone was like, I just really like to buy things, but I don't know what job like there's, is there a job that will pay me to buy things? And the person like the, the career person that was there was like, yeah, there's literally jobs where your only job is to buy things. You're trying to find the best price to buy things. And she was like, what do you mean? It's like, it, it's literally just supply chain, right? Yeah. Purchasing, um, yeah. purchasing supply chain, all that stuff. Right. Um, people don't realize that. So we want to find ways to make those quote unquote unsexy jobs sexy. Um, and, and so that students can understand like, oh, this seems really interesting. Let me look into it deeper. Oh, this is what declassified is saying I need to do. Okay. Let me go get that certification or let me go connect with this person or whatever it is. So that's the type of clientele and the type of jobs that we're looking to, um, to, to promote to our audience. Yeah. And I don't think you should have to listen to 4,000 podcasts and, and, and sit on LinkedIn every single day and do like a hundred informational interviews just to figure out some, some, um, job that's just under, uh, under marketed, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you're right. You're the main issue really is it's not that the jobs don't exist is that there's zero marketing for them. It's, it's, it's a job has to be in place for 30, 40 years for people to actually talk about it in society. You know, like these new content creator jobs, even supply chain. I had no idea what supply chain was. Zero idea. I just talked to um, Austin about this. Um, somebody I had on, 22 years old, built an exhaust for his BMW in his garage when he was 17 and turned it into a, a global business right now. He's 22. Um, insanity. But, um, you know, I was talking to him about that. I, t I took the first supply chain class. I was the first, me and 19 other people were the first students to take this supply chain class at my college. And it just opened me up, man. Like, it just completely blew my mind because you think that buying and selling is 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 what point of purchase that's the thing that's nothing like that is one percent of the process you know um so then yeah supply chain jobs there's 50 of those like it's it but they're not ex actually explained you know in society and and um you know to kind of stay within the realm but to take a slight left turn as far as building this goes what like has there anything that you've learned that was surprising to you like interviewing all of these college students like because i think you know when you're working in a i worked in a music studio right and um i did a free internship at a music studio like that was i got to, i'm an artist but i learned so much about artists and not even about like what they wrote that i thought was dope more about like how they in, how they interacted in a studio, like what they did to get comfortable on the microphone, all these weird little things that I would have never known. Um, so like in doing this podcast, and I know you don't do all the interviews and you don't make all the content yourself, and I'm gonna go into the team portion of it too, but what have you, is there anything kind of su that surprised you from from kind of all this content in these episodes? I think, I think it solidified something that I think we all as students think is happening, but we don't actually believe it 
because everyone is really fronting. Um, and what I mean by that is like, yo, every college student, pretty much every single one that I've talked to, they, they still don't know what they're doing. Right. Everyone from the kid who has entered at Microsoft for three years now um, and already has a job on the table to the student who is a senior that is still trying to figure out his first or her first internship. Like no matter how buttoned up someone may seem on LinkedIn or um, when you're talking to them, because we've created this very open um platform, there's been a lot of students that have opened up in a way that they might not even have done with their own like close friend group just because they feel comfortable with our platform, but also they want to, to share that it's okay to not know what you want to do, or it's okay that you failed a class, or it's okay to just be in this sort of limbo state while you're, you're in college. And I think that was the most interesting thing, because again, I feel like when we're in college, it's something that we always think about in the back of our head. But when you're around your friends, right, it's like, you. it's not that you want to front, but it's like, yeah, like I just got this internship or like, yeah, I just got this job or like I'm doing X, Y, Z or just got this grade. Um, very rarely, unless you're like super close with someone or like, yo, I'm, I'm struggling right now. Like very rarely does that happen. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's just kind of natural competition too. It's like, yo, yeah, like you want to score as many goals as you can and you want to beat, you know, the other person. You want to, you know, score as many baskets. It's like kind of we almost grow up in that, like obviously the people who have it the most figured out are people that people look up to most of the time. It's not the people that uh, their lives are, you know, destroyed. It's the people that look on the outside like they got it going on, you know? Um, It was funny. I, I, when we were blowing up on TikTok at the very beginning, I think we hit 100K in one month. Um, for followers. And I hit up one of my friends that works in the VC world. And I was like, yo, we just hit 100K. Um, I don't know what I'm doing. And he's like, haha, welcome to the club. Nobody knows what they're doing. And this guy's talking to like multi-million dollar founders on like a regular basis, right? And it's literally like, no one knows what they're doing. But you can prepare yourself for when luck is going to strike. And I think the best people in the world are the ones that are prepared for whenever luck does happen to them. Yeah, that's really so important that you just said that because luck doesn't uh, favor people who aren't setting themselves up for it to favor them. You know, you have to do, it's like, I was just talking to somebody about this yesterday, somebody I was making a song with actually, um, a friend of mine, and and, and he was talking about um, who was, I think, Jim Rohn, um, like manifestation, mm-hmm. um, all these different things, you know, type of think and grow rich type of things. And I'm like, yeah, man, like that shit's real, but also work, you know? So it's like you can, and if you have too much work but not enough vision, now you go all, you think it's all about the work. If you yeah. have too, too much vision and not enough work, you think it's all about the vision. So... Yeah that balance is super hard for people and to relate it to co- what college students are going through and what you said yeah i have no idea what i'm doing dude i have a podcast i'm, I'm a music artist i have a business you know i have a girlfriend like i don't know what i'm doing bro. like i still have no idea and it's like yeah i'm 23 like you're 25 it's like um and it turns out the guy who's 35 doesn't know either and the guy who's 40 doesn't know either it's just well, like, they've done something for a longer period of time but that's about the only difference exactly and the create the like to the point about luck, I don't think people realize it. And we can relate it back to the music world, which is like where you like to play in. Um, like how many one hit wonders 
have there been, right? Some people just aren't ready to be lucky, right? And if you look, then you look at someone like, let's just say Lil Nas X, who I would say is very lucky, but he's been able to maintain that because he was ready for when he was able to, to get lucky. Like a lot of people don't know his story of how he basically willed um, uh, Old Town Road into uh, existence, essentially. And because of that, and because he put in the work so that when he did get go viral and everything. Yeah. If he sucked as an artist, nothing would have ever happened. Exactly. To if he's, su- if yeah. he sucked as an artist, if he doesn't, if he didn't understand meme culture, if he didn't understand viral marketing, if he didn't, didn't understand any of that, he would have just became a nobody after he released old town road, but he understood all that. And he was able to carry that momentum. And then you look at people like Kim Kardashian or people on the, uh, on that spectrum of yes, did they do something? Did they get extremely lucky? Of course. But how many people have also been extremely lucky, but haven't been able to carry that momentum? And that's a conversation that not enough people are, are willing to have um, at the same time. I love what you always, I love when you bring up Jake Paul and you bring up these people because, I mean, he's a perfect example. And uh, Logan as well. Obviously, both of them, they're powerhouses, right? They're geniuses. Lil Nas X, are you kidding? Like that controversy about him too, about coming out or whatever that was all about. I don't even know the details. That was genius, genius. Like people do not understand. You're not seeing, this is chess, not checkers, right? Mm -hmm. This is five steps back. Like we only, people from when they see a headline or they see what's happening, they only see what's what's being said. They don't really like foresee you know or, or or go back in time to understand like this is a move five moves away you know um that's really what's going on man and then when you have somebody like these influencers and i talked about about it with jake too it's like this is the game dude like these companies are 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 our influencers are going up and the companies are like the power structure is is being reversed and and now have ads kept up with it have these massive companies kept up with it no they're still on tv but there, you can see they're dying off TV because all these TV channels know we got to bring them online, so we'll do the plus, right? So they know TV's dying, right? The radio is still going on, so TV's not going to die anytime soon. But you know, it's like that foresight, that level of being able to see. Um, and in this world, it's 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 influencers, man. I mean, and that's the next the next wave, and 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 the power is only going to be more in their hands as they create their own platforms, and that's a large conversation. But I mean, definitely important. But, yeah. I mean, people and like for anyone out there who's listening that thinks like, oh, it's too late to be an influencer or anything like that. Like, nah, this is just getting started. And I know a lot of people say that and people are like, we'll throw out numbers like, oh, there's this amount of creators out there, blah, 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 blah. I am financially motivated. I love, I understand money. I love money and things of that nature. Follow where the money is going to go. And what I mean by that is, if you look at, let's just say Mr. Beast, right? Just because he's very comparable to what you I only find know this on- guy from you, by the way. <laughs> Never heard of him before. <laughs> so Mr. Beast, um, let, he's very comparable to, uh, let's just say, like, um, who wants to be a millionaire on, on TV, right? Mr. Beast gets, on average, like 500, 600 million views um, per month. I think a couple months ago, he hit a billion views a month or something crazy like that. But let's just say 600 million views just for the sake of it. Um, my guess is how or who wants to be a millionaire is around roughly the same amount, maybe less, maybe more, not sure, give or take. 
Mr. Beast makes about a two to four dollar CPM. I found out earlier today that TV CPMs are anywhere between $75 to $150. So imagine the time that it'll take for the CPMs of a YouTube video to hit $75 to $150. That's when you really want to be in the game. That's that's when the CPMs really matter. Because now, yes, if you're getting if you're making a lot of or if you're getting a lot of views, yes, you can make a lot of money. But wait until it gets to higher CPMs. You won't have to make as many views, but you'll still be making a lot of money. Yeah, and that's because of the medium, I would assume. There's only so many channels. I mean, there's a lot of channels, but there's only so many, you know, first 100 channels. Like, there's only those channels, right? They're your big ones. And with the internet, there's no centralized place. But with TV, it's centralized. There's no internet on tv they're separate mm-hmm. things so that makes sense that the cpm so high because you're guaranteed to get in front of people's faces but it's dying and i'm very i'm i'm very curious about what as that media realm begins to shift here i wish gary v was here with us because he'd be able to really <laughs> dude i have a feeling i'm gonna be on the show really soon i don't know why i just have a feeling i, I keep getting top comments on this post i'm like you got it dude that. i'm forgetting <laughs> yeah, there i'm gonna i gotta hit d-rock again i'm like d-rock it's ready it's time but um but yeah i mean i'm very curious to see how that media landscape shifts and then but i i don't see it going into big i see it's if TV is smart, then they're going to go influencer route. Yeah, I mean, you're already starting to see it. Um, again, I've heard that Spotify is starting to charge $75 to $150 CPMs for their original shows. So you're already starting to see some of the, um, the platforms for their exclusives trying to charge TV prices. And I mean, people like there are there are ads running on the Joe Rogans of the world, the the Bill Simmons of the world um, shows. So people are paying that. I don't think it's at the market of the amount of people that are willing to pay for TV, but it's starting to get there. And imagine if even like if you can control a twenty five dollar CPM on YouTube, which is what the financial creators are making right now you can bring in so much money. Like Graham Stephan is bringing in two to $300,000 a month right now because his CPM is so high. Dude, and, and think about Evergreen. If your content's Evergreen, I just had a guy on, um, his name's Eric Cloward. He runs this show called The Stoic Coffee Break. And he left that, he, he stopped doing it for like six months, dude. He had 70,000 downloads. When he came back, he had 400,000. Didn't even release an episode. Evergreen, right? Crazy, man. 3 million downloads yeah i think he has now total and uh but that's what he was mentioning he's like it's evergreen if i wanted to batch them i could like if i wanted to you know i could i could it, they're not timely they're not topical as far as what's happening in the time and so if you have that right if you have a friends you know tv show that's evergreen that you could just air forever and and you know the office which comedy central doesn't exist anymore it's just the office but you know uh that's a whole another conversation but but yeah especially if it's evergreen dude then you're good like it can just go forever so when new person comes in they can even start at the beginning and i'll still go watch i just watched a joe rogan from 2011 now i'm a hardcore fan and i've been watching it for seven years and uh, you know i've been watching it whatever you know probably six seven hundred episodes i've watched which is kind of insane probably more to be honest but you know um but yeah i mean if you have it in that way as well where it's not like and even your stuff i mean like i think your 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 stuff is going to hold true like in the foreseeable future as far as like college isn't really 
hasn't really changed dude it's it hasn't really changed the way we become educated has changed i definitely want to speak to you about that but but yeah i mean i feel like you know if you have that content that can just resonate uh continue to where new people can come on and they, they don't have to read the news that day to understand it then you're yeah. kind of good too well apparently like again i and i know i know you wanted to talk about idris um so it's kind of like an interesting segue um but i just saw his tweet i think like literally 10 minutes before I jumped on, on, uh, this podcast, but he tweeted something out where basically because of the internet, there's no, like time doesn't exist. And if you think about it, time doesn't really exist anymore because you can stop a YouTube video. You can press play, you can rewind, you can fast forward pretty much anything in your life right now, when it comes to education or anything that you're looking and, and watching. Whereas with TV, you're not able to, you're not able to do that. Like, yes, you could have TiVo like back in the day, right. And record it, but you had to record it yourself. It wasn't you looking up something on YouTube. You can get whatever you want exactly when you want it. And you can stop it whenever you want it at the same time. Um, so that was like an interesting tweet that I just saw the other day and he was tying it into the metaverse. Cause he's, he's all in on like web three and everything like that. And super smart guy, uh, way smarter than I am, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's it was just an interesting perspective that I thought I could share and, and add context into this conversation. Yeah, hundred percent. And and uh, I'll say one thing, and then I'll have you go into how that all happened back in twenty nineteen as well. Um, two things. Your number one uh, word for moving forward for creating making money online is going to be royalties. The music industry is doing it right. That's why you're making music that's timeless, right? That's why you make great music that will last royalties you can just you can just it's forever right um and then consumption yeah consumption has changed and our expectation of how we consume something now if i can't hit pause it's gone i'm done with it because there's an equal form and that's why the democratization has been amazing if one guy if somebody has an ad on their video and they're teaching me how to set up my microphone there's good thing there's 450 other videos or if i don't like the guy's voice if i don't like his t-shirt i can just go to the next video so yeah. that never happened before, man. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of points on that, too. But, man, since you brought it up in perfect segue, like uh, I saw this post the other day uh, with this gentleman, uh, Idris, and and kind of this interview. And it looked really cool from the outside, but I really like I read the post. But other than that, I don't really know any details. So can you give a little context on obviously I want to know how that got set up, but, you know, who this guy is and, and, and kind of uh, what, what he does as well? Yeah, I mean, I can give you the full kind of story because this this was like this was probably my first big uh, push into the creator economy and real and sort of realization that something could happen when it comes to, to LinkedIn and content creation. So this was 2019. Again, if you remember from earlier when, when I was talking, this was sort of during my gap year um, after, after graduating college. And I'm just like on LinkedIn randomly one day. I remember it was during the summertime. And I get a random DM from a lady and she goes, Hey, we're hosting this, uh, this Gen Z con like this tech con it's the largest tech conference in the middle East. We're having a Gen Z stage. We, we saw your podcast and saw that it's doing really well. We would love to have you be a part of this, this show. And I was really hyped, not thinking anything of it. Um, and then I showed my girlfriend and Michelle was like, yo, that's probably a scam. And I was like, now that you say that, 
you're probably right. It's probably a scam, right? You get a random message saying, yo, we'll bring you out to Dubai, right? Uh, it's the biggest tech conference in the world. Now looking back, it's like, yeah, that's probably a scam. So I dug deeper to see if this conference is legit. Uh, turns out it's legit. I get flown out. My girlfriend gets flown out. This is like, I was like, oh my God, this is the first time I've ever been flown out. Like what the heck is going on in my life? I never would have thought this would happen, let alone when I'm like 21, 22 years old. Um, so we're in Dubai. And one of the people that I'm, uh, I'm supposed to be uh, not even moderating is Idris. And I'd done some research previously because I thought he was just a cool, interesting guy. But like literally 30 minutes before he's supposed to be on, um, he goes like, yo, do you want to just do an interview? I don't feel like talking today, um, like doing a talk. And I'm like, sure, why not? Um, so I sit down and I do an interview with him. But this is where his story is uh, pretty insane. So Idris... If you've never heard of him, his, his name is Idris Sandu. And basically, he's kind of like a tech prodigy. Um, I think he might be your age, um, maybe a year older than you, but he's like around 23, 25 uh, range. But his story is born, I believe, in Africa, um, came over to the States when he was super young, but had to grow up in Compton. Um, so probably like one of the hardest places to grow up in in, in the U.S., um, when he's nine years old, I think it was, uh, his dad comes back into his life and he's like, yo, we should go visit our family back over in Africa. So he says, sure, why not? I want to go see my family. They get to Africa in like two or three days. His dad ends up taking his passport and goes back to the US and just leaves him in a random African tribe, like his African tribe. Um, so he's like nine years old, just stranded in Africa. And his story goes that... He was like walking, I believe, near like a train track or something like that. And he was humming a Kanye West song. And uh, there happened to be a U.S. Um, like worker over there, um, like one of the um, people that just come over to volunteer. And she was like, oh, like, how do you know Kanye? Like, because you wouldn't think that the music would make it over to a random like African tribe. And he goes, oh, like, I'm from the U.S., and so like they go through this whole process to get him back to the US. He gets back to the US, um, but again, back in Compton. And, and he starts studying and going to the library. And he basically becomes this tech phenomenon where he was interning at Google and working with Facebook, uh, or not Facebook, Apple. Like He's met and worked with Steve Jobs when, when he was still uh, alive. Um, and now he's worked with like Nipsey Hussle on his store. Just basically an all-around um, genius. And... That's where he is now. And I think he's working with Jaden Smith on some stuff, some Kanye on some stuff, Jay-Z with some stuff. And it's uh, it's insane. I, I can't summarize it all, but that's kind of like the basis of his story. Yeah, I wonder. He's probably pressed for time. I don't know if he'd do a podcast, <laughs> but I don't know if you had him on your show yet. <laughs> I'm trying to get in there, man. Get this. That's incredible, man. That's incredible. Man. I, I just like that. And I, I'm always of the kind of mindset, um, naturally, my mindset, my, my, I guess my opinions on it have shifted a little bit over the years, but I was, I was always like, no, do whatever you have to do, like your circumstances never predict, like just, you can just, you know, get it, man, like no matter what, like nothing, nobody's stopping you, even if somebody is, you know, and when you hear a story like that, you're like, my man's had the odds against him more than probably anybody else, anybody that you could think of, you know? Mm -hmm. Dropped off in another country, no passport, that young, where his dad was just like, I don't, I, 
my life's way more important than yours. You know, that's a, that's and again, crazy. I think that speaks to the point earlier that we're talking about where you have to be prepared to be lucky, right? Like, again, you can call him listening to Kanye when he was younger, being prepared so that he happened to be humming it at the right time to get lucky to be, be brought back to the States. I think the story of how he started working at Google was like, he would go to the library and instead of like checking out the books, he would just take all the super computer science books and bring it to a random desk, like in the library. And then one day uh, a Google employee came in and like asked about this super science, like super um, like advanced computer science book. And the librarian was like, yo, like we don't have it. Like this kid has it in the back. And he was like a kid. He's like, yeah, like a 14 year old kid. So this Google employee, like that's where he meets this Google employee. And again, if he hadn't done the research and like understood computer science at that time, he would have never impressed that employee and he would have never gotten to Google. Right. So it's that whole thing of, yes, luck is always around you, but you just have to be prepared for when you do end up getting lucky. Right place, right time is huge, is huge. And I was just talking to my friend about this as well, where it's like, dude, we're like, he just opened for Chris Webby the other day. Like I've been, my friends of mine have opened for Juice World when he was still alive. And, 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 and it's like, you're not, you're not that far away from this stuff, man. Like it, it looks like it's far away, but you just got to be there. Like if you're the guy, then you're the guy, just be the man, you know, be the woman, be the girl, like whoever it is, like just be that person um, that can do that job. And they'll, they don't like, most people are not biased in that way. Like if you can do what they need you to do, you can be work with these people with these companies you know with these celebrities and stars and i've done podcasts with celebrities as guests on my client shows now myself you know i've interviewed some cool people but but um but even around like you know movie stars and stuff like that it's like yeah just like i'm 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 just there cool i'm the producer and then who knows maybe down the line i have that connection with them and i ask them to be on the podcast and then that becomes something but it's like yeah just like i think there's a level of not thinking about it that you have to have where it's just like, well, let's just make it happen or let's just see what happens, you know? So you have to definitely have that. But, but yeah, man, right place, right time, I think is, is very important. Uh, and, and, and yeah, just creating the opportunity, like creating the possibility of an opportunity happening, like that's on you, but the opportunity that's out of your control, you no control, you know? of that and and that's where that comes back to in in the previous episode uh we spoke about stoicism so i'm not sure if you've gotten into stoicism at all or or know much about it but a little bit like the word always comes up so i have a general understanding of it but haven't dove into it whatsoever it's 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 somewhat i guess i guess to an extent undebatable guidelines of life right like things like almost cliches but but basically like um the only thing you can control is your thoughts you know and your Mm. own actions that's mm-hmm. it. But that's like, that's a fact undeniably, you know, and people can argue it, obviously, just because it's fact doesn't mean you can't argue it. But, um, you know, that th- I abide by that, man. It's like, I can just control how I feel, how I react, what I think. And uh, to be able to control what you feel now, that's hard. You know, that's very, that requires a ton of work and, and not like I can just control my feelings all the time. But, you know, being able to control the reactions, your actions and your thoughts and your environment to the extent that you can. Beyond that, you really can't control anything, you know, and, 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 but that's it. Like, as long as you do those things, I think people think they can create external things for themselves where, and I can't, I'm kind of going off here a little bit, but I, (laughs) I, I am making a point where you really can't, like, all you can do is be that kid studying in the fucking library. Like he wasn't trying to work for Google. 
He was trying to do what he had to do. So just do what the fuck you have to do, right? Like if you're an artist, go to an open mic. If you do enough open mics, you're going to meet somebody that opens for somebody. And then you make friends with that guy. And now he's like, hey, you want to help? Now you can open for me. So you're opening for the opener. Then that guy becomes a headliner. And so now you're opening for the headliner. And then somebody below you meets you and you're like, do you want to be my opener? And then, you know what I'm saying? So that's just how, but if you don't do the open mics, that never fucking happens, you know? So yeah, you got to get those reps in. <laughs> yeah. Like again, do you like you can get lucky all you want, but if you're not prepared, it's not going to matter. Right. Yeah. Like I think the other one, the, the other story of how he got in contact with Nipsey. Um, again, I just remember this cause I was doing some research on him. Basically, he was sitting at a Starbucks and just working on one of his contract work with Uber or something like like creating a, some algorithm or something, just working out of a random Starbucks. And Nipsey happens to come in and just like walks by his computer to pick up his daughter's uh, uh, like latte or something like that. And then walks by him again and then walks by him one more time and then walks by, like walks back to the car and then walks by him one more time. And then he says he says in like some of his interviews that he felt that Nipsey was gonna um, was gonna say something to him, and then like the third or fourth time after Nipsey was going back and forth because Nipsey kept looking at his computer trying to figure out like what he was doing. Um, he Nipsey said like, "Yo, like, what are you working on?" And that's what started the relationship. Where again, if he's just a random kid working in a Starbucks, no one's gonna pay him any type of any attention. But because he was working on something interesting on his laptop that you just happen to to, to take a glimpse of as you're walking by. Who knows what the opportunity could be, right? And that's, I think people just don't know what they don't know. Um, and unless you're putting yourself out there, you're just going to continue to not know what you don't know. But if you start putting yourself out there, you start trying to learn things here or there, you might be surprised at some opportunities that, that get thrown your way. Like I only got that speaking gig in Dubai because I created a podcast and I put it on my LinkedIn. If I had never created a podcast, if I had never put it on LinkedIn, if I never created content on LinkedIn, I 100% would have would tell you that I would have never made it to Dubai um, for that speaking engagement. Um, but here we are. So like, again, looking back, you can connect the dots. But before getting there, you just have to keep on doing things and trying things until you are able to connect the dots. When was the first time that you started? Like, when did you start creating content um, like on LinkedIn? Was it in college or? It was in college, probably 2016, 2017. Why? Why? What made you do that? Uh, I got into content creation. I'd always wanted to be a YouTuber, but I like my, my family just was like, "No, you're not doing that." Um, essentially, like I had been following. Really? That's funny, man. No, that's I. I like to go into this. Like, so I mean, my fa- dude, my dad's like, my dad every day is like, "Do you have health insurance?" You know, and it's like, "Give me a minute. I'm we're working on it." You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, so yeah. I totally feel you. But so were they not like exposed to the internet online? My parents weren't for sure. But like, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm curious. I'm always curious about how people, you know, their upbringings. You know, because I've had people on the show. Where it's like my parents just supported every single thing I did, no matter what. And it's like, great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not everybody though. Yeah, my parents. I mean, like my parents love my parents. Um, they're like supporters, but not supporters at the same time. And I, I totally understand why they're not supporters. Um, and like when, when they not necessarily give me backlash, but like ask questions, so to say very similar to your dad of like, yo, where's your health insurance? Right. So I'm turning 26 next year. So it's like that question's actually applicable, um, coming up, but basically like 
growing up, both my parents are Vietnamese uh, refugees. So they're like, yo, you need to go to college. You need to work as a doctor, engineer, da, 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 da. Like that was my upbringing. Um, but I remember specifically when I was in like sixth or seventh grade, uh, there's this YouTuber at the time who's super small, uh, KSI. And he was probably uh, like 30, 40, maybe 50,000 subscribers. So I was super early. And he was like, um, he was just starting to make money. And I was like, yo, like, I really want to be a YouTuber. And they're like, no, like, there's no way that you can make money. So I just kind of like put that, never thought about it again. Um, I didn't get into the content creation in college because I wanted to make money from it. I actually didn't even think about the money side at all. Um, I was coming from UCF, which is a non-target school, but I had a finance or I was going to be graduating with a finance degree. So I knew that if I wanted to get a job on wall street, or if I wanted to, um, do like consulting at a big four firm, I needed to find a way to differentiate myself from not just the students at UCF, but I needed to compete with the Harvard's, the Yale's, et cetera, of the world. Cause those were the kids that they were looking at to get those jobs. So I was like, okay, let me leverage this platform on LinkedIn and start creating content on there and start growing on there. So, cause maybe I'll meet the right recruiter that can get me a job in at one of those companies. So that was the initial start to kind of like my content creation uh, space was just literally, can this help me out in my career later on? How'd you know to even use LinkedIn for that though? Was there people that like you saw benefit from it? I, I would assume like for me, it was a company I was working for. Um, we did it for lead generation. It didn't work because we didn't make content. We didn't comment on any people's <laughs> posts. So <laughs> that's not going to work. You know, it's like, but I got 500 connections or whatever. And, and uh, you know, I use in mail to reach out to people. And, and it was just like so weird and funky. And now I got people coming to me. It's like such a, now you, then you realize how to use it. But was there anybody for you that was like, like, how'd you know even to use LinkedIn, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think most college students can like attest to like, you're pretty much, yelled at to make a LinkedIn profile when you're in college. Um, but that's really about it, right? They're like, yo, you need to make a LinkedIn profile. And like the promise is LinkedIn will help you get a job, um, which is bullshit essentially, right? If you're, if you just have a profile, no one's going to reach out to you. Um, you have to like actually do things with the profile to actually get potential opportunities. Um, but I got onto the platform because I was kind of forced to but I started paying attention to it. And this was right when LinkedIn started to promote some of the content creation. And this is when video was really popping. And so one of the first people that I saw on my page was Quentin alums, um, who I'm actually like good friends with now. And I started seeing his stuff. It was super motivational how he was going from literally zero to starting his marketing agency now. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Let me create a LinkedIn post. Um, so I created a LinkedIn post flopped. No one, maybe two comments on it. I had like 200 connections maybe, or something like that. Uh, made another post flopped. I was like, okay, this isn't working. I'm like trying to copy other people. So let me, I, I saw that this type of post was going viral where you would basically just complain that because you got so many views, you got spam, um, because like people would just spam you with like in mail or whatever. It's like, Oh, let me do something like this and just say like, Hey, it's really annoying that like I get spam mail or something like that. And I tagged a bunch of like influencers in it, like including Q and it just blew up. I remember literally in my economics class, it was like 20 likes. I was like, Oh shit, 20 likes in like 30 minutes. This is, this is insane. I've never gotten this many likes before. And I showed my boy, Will, um, next to me. And he's like, ah, like this guy's like complete finance person. So he could care less about social media. It's like, ah, whatever. 
And then like 10 minutes later, I like swipe to refresh. It's like 35 likes, swipe to refresh, 50 likes. I think it got to like 25,000 views or something like that when I only had 250 followers or connections at the point. And I was like, oh crap, like there's something to this. Let me just keep on creating. And that was like the initial spark of uh, of what to, of like, I guess my career of content creation. Yeah, that's isn't that crazy just to get that little taste? But most people stop after the second post. Most people make two songs. Most people put out two pieces of content. Most people make two videos. Most people make six podcasts, you know? And it's like, dude, I'm at podcast episode freaking 70 or whatever, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm doing it for the grind, you know? Because I, 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 I know, but, but a lot of times people will stop at that point. But you kind of use your ingenuity, too. You're just looking at what works. Remember when it was just stealing posts? Like, everybody would just steal the post. And mm -hmm. they would post it and then they would blow up and then they'd like delete it and then they'd have more connection. You know, it's like all these little hacks you used, yeah. you just, you used, um, you know, on the, on a declassified college type of, you know, hack basically. It's so a cheat code. Yeah. It was a cheat code. I mean, code. I, I, yeah. I basically like for me, I just wanted to, um, I wanted, I think I've always been good at pattern recognition. And I think that was me realizing a pattern of if I structured my post this specific way, if I talk about this thing, if I tag X amount of people, and if these people comment on it, I'll get the reach that I want. Um, and I think that's one of the good, like, that's one of the few things that I'm really good at. Uh, and that's like, that can go back into like me trading coins on FIFA and how I was able to make coins on that. And that's like why I got into finance, but that's, uh, that's one of the key things that I think started my content creation was, oh, I realized that there was a pattern going on. Let me try it. And it just happened to work out. And I've been sort of riding that wave ever since. So that's what started it. But what kept you going from there? Like, the, did it, it, it probably got to a point where you're like, I don't even know if I'm going to get a job. Like, I feel like, or, or were you still, you know, after how long was it till you, did you get a job or did you then, you know, over index and just go straight into content? Like, what was that? What did that look like? expanded out a little bit yeah i mean so i was i was still like in the school grind so i was trying to find my internships um i was struggling at the beginning and i think by the time i graduated i had five internships three at fortune 500 companies and then i initially got a job offer to do consulting at one of the big four so i achieved like my goal through the content creation and while the content creation didn't necessarily help me in terms of connecting me with the right per people that i thought that it would help me on linkedin it helped me because it added points to my resume that were much easier to talk to rather than the internships I had been a part of. Um, and especially in the case study standpoint for like consulting, it helped me with like different situations that I'd been put into from uh, um, working with other different people rather than just working at a company. So that's where it ended when it came to content. I was still in this um, back and forth uh, mindset once I did get the job offer of should I take it or should I take the risk and go my own route? Um, but I ended up uh, deciding to to go my own route at the end of the day. Yeah. So did you? So you like you landed a job and you took it and you did the job or you didn't end up even taking like no. actually working the job? I so I, I went through the interviews, had the job offer on the table, um, went through negotiations and everything, and ended up saying no to the offer. Um, that they gave me, but now did like, they say like, you were crazy or <laughs> no, they didn't. My, my parents, like, so my mom is funny. So like 
when I first went home and I was like, mom, like just got this job offer from XYZ and she never heard of this company before. Um, cause unless you're in like the business world, you never heard of this company. Um, but it's like a really established firm. And I was like, yeah, thinking about taking it, thinking about not taking it. She's like, okay, cool, whatever. Um, cause again, she didn't recognize the brand name, but then I, like she went to work and I guess she told her friends and like real understood like what the company was. And then like, a, like later that week or something like that, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to end up taking the job. And she was like, what do you mean? Like, this is one of the best jobs or whatever. I was like, oh, your mindset just oh, totally social shifted. proof is a motherfucker, huh? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it's funny, right? Um, again, love my mom. It's just, it's just funny that people don't realize it. Like essentially like, imagine if you didn't know what, like, um, uh, like, uh, what's a, like, if you didn't know what Yeezys were worth, right. And I just handed you a pair of Yeezys and I was like, yeah, I might sell these or I might not, um, and just keep them on my feet. And then you told them, yeah, I'm just going to keep them and wear them every single day as like the, like air force one. And if I didn't know, and I thought they were ugly as fuck, I'd be like, yeah, dude, like they're, I don't even think they look good. Like, I, yeah, like, right. But I they hope could be you wear like them. Right? Honestly, you probably you should just put them in your closet, dude. They're ugly as hell. And then it's like, exactly. then I do a Google search. I'm like, oh, they're worth $1,900 a pair used. Exactly. You know, it's like, oh my God. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So again, it was like super funny. Uh, again, back and forth in my head. If I was smarter and if I had known that I could have done this, I probably would have asked them if I could have uh, delayed my offer like a year because apparently that's a thing. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I would have done. I, I think if I were to do it again, I would have asked to see if it would be okay with them to do a delay of six to twelve months. Um, as I probably, I still probably would have said no to the job offer, but at least that would have given me more time. Great tip, though. Great tip for people, um, especially in those companies. And and as far as like your day to day now, is it declassified? Is that all you do? Like, what do you like? Do you do the consulting? Um, we're gonna, you know, I definitely want to talk about speaking and kind of why your your kind of purpose for that. But what does your kind of day to day look like now? Yeah, so I do do a little bit of consulting on the side again, just to pay bills and give me some income on a regular basis. Um, but excuse me, um, most of my time is spent on growing declassified media and building out right now specifically is focusing on the sales side of things to see if we can build out that B2B model to, to generate more revenue. Yeah, that's that's important. Yeah, when you, at the end of the day, the concept is fun, but revenue, 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 revenue. Yeah, like we've got good wall. revenue now to sustain. Like if I wanna be, if I wanna be a creator, so to say, and just run the account, it could probably make it pretty sustainable. Um, but if I really want to scale this uh, to be more than just me, then I need to start landing uh, like longer term and deeper deals where I can start partnering with uh, like cooler companies and doing cooler content too. Where does that look like as far as, um, obviously you're gonna keep doing your thing on TikTok, but are you doing email list? Are you building out your own site, your own community as well? Like I just, when you look at this, you look at the power of the platforms. I had Perry Grown on, he's a comedian fucking absolutely hilarious instagram reels and tiktoks but on tiktok they get pulled a lot for no reason mm -hmm. and like mm -hmm. some of them obviously they break community guidelines he's a comedian that's his job right <laughs> but so, like that type of thing i i think there's there's a there's writing on the wall right now but it's this big it's like it's not you have to like create your own community now tiktok's over no like it's amazing the platform's amazing but um what does that look like for you as far as like community wise yeah, I mean, I think for us, we're in a little less uh, 
worrisome. Yeah, you guys are not really controversial. Like, right? like, <laughs> it's we're, basically we're like not. everybody. I don't. Do you guys have haters on the account? Like, I, there are some. There are some. They're gonna be wrong. I wouldn't um, be able to do this, man. He was born into privilege, dude. It's like, like I mean, not necessarily privilege, but it's like it's like recruiters will hate, right? Of like saying like, oh, okay. oh, like this isn't true, and it's like, okay, it might not be true at your company, but it is true at others. Like, you know what I mean? Um, so like there are haters here and there, as there always will be. It's anecdotes, though. You're not. It's not like you're saying this is an end all be all. You're like, this is one guy's story if you learn from it cool exactly it's not exactly work, so. right so we're not being like the most controversial thing for us is like if we say college isn't worth it for some circumstances right so where we're not andrew schultz and like throwing flagrant fouls all over the place where we have to worry about getting <laughs> alex jones putting alex jones back on youtube right right exactly right oh so we're God. not in that standpoint um but what we want to do in the future is build out like a, a buzzfeed or a barstool model in the way of like bringing on other creators so that we can niche down our communities even more so right now we've just got the declassified college page but we will love to build out like declassified comp side declassified marketing declassified finance all these different sort of things to target specific audiences and then better for from a marketing standpoint of like oh you're a company you want to only hire um computer science students all right we got you we can run an ad on this page or if you only want to target finance students bet we can run an ad on just this page too and it'll be way more targeted unlimited possibilities with, with influencers in that realm as well so which is exactly. amazing and then dude your your guests and your and literally your followers become influencers too over the years and 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 they once they hear a little story about you know or even my thing about getting a job and then i ended up quitting and, and everything is like that it's like yeah like that's over time like these kids are not just a lot of them are passively watching or listening but um, there's that small percentage on them that were real go-getters that are going to be people that are working for you, working with you. Like it's kind of cool because you got to think about it. Like the fans that are the people who are fans of Mac Miller when they were 12, you know, or when he was 17, it's like, then when he was older, they were able to drive to the shows, you know, it's like, that's kind of something that's interesting about what you're doing too. It's like, you could then create a mid young professionals, young and profiting type of vibe because these people are probably going to you know you you can they can grow out of your content or you could catch that too which i bet is may have been a thought in your mind like i know you have enough going on as it is but um you know these kids are going to go out of college and then who knows what they're going to do from there be influencers linkedin creators you know work at google who knows but exactly it's interesting, man. Um, as far as yourself, um, like you said in uh, off camera, uh, you know, you want to hit that the start hitting the speaking circuit and start getting gigs in that realm. I've always thought about it as well, but I really don't know much about it at all. Um, but like, what does that look like? Like, what are you speaking on? Is it the power of of really what you're doing and building, or like, what's the what's the angle when you're talking to? Uh, I would assume college students, but you know, who are you talking to, and and really, what's like your your uh, you know main gist of kind of what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, I think the main thing for me is building out a speaking just because uh, from a money standpoint, it just makes sense. If I can talk about the creator economy or if I can talk about Gen Z culture to college career services or anything like that, and I can make um, I've I've seen people that have charged fees from five to twenty five thousand dollars for an hour. Right. So um, it is possible. And if I can start to build that out, I don't think I can command a fee like that. But if you are listening, you want to pay me 20, 20 grand to go speak at your college, feel free to, to hit my email or my DMs. But like, that's, that's the goal of like, that's how I can be able to combine my love for traveling, as well as making some money while speaking my I think my end goal is to 
hopefully get one speaking gig a month, maybe, maybe not next year, but like the following year where I can spend three or four days, get flown out to Seattle or something, make a little bit of money, but also be able to travel at the same time. I I just think it it just makes so much sense if you're able to do it where it's not necessarily your full-time job, but it's uh, at a point where you can like sustain it once a month or once every other month or something like that. So it's something still a little fun. Yeah, imagine getting paid and then you still get to help people at the same time and also fulfill your your passion of traveling. It's like, what a world, dude. It's crazy and it's yeah. possible. <laughs> That's the crazy like, thing. Like I didn't realize that until Dubai happened, right? So I was like, oh, like this is a thing. And I was planning on 2020 to be my year for speaking. Um, but COVID had uh, other plans. So here we are. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're here, man. But, you know, 2022 and beyond is there you go. You're even more prepared now. You're older. You learned. You got more wisdom. Like, um, you've gone through the experiences, man. It's 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 incredible. It's been fantastic to talk to you today. I, I think you know we could probably go another hour on on any one of those avenues um, that if if we chose. But um, yeah, I mean, let people know where they can find the podcast and uh, where they can you know connect with you and 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 if you answer DMs on LinkedIn and things like that. Yeah, too. I mean, best place to find more information about Declassified College is just go to declassifiedmedia.co. Um, most of our links, pretty much every link will be there. Uh, if you want to hit me up, hit me up on LinkedIn. I pretty much respond to every DM, uh, might take me a little bit, uh, a little while, but always respond. And then also like, if you are not connected with me, just send me a connection request with a note, um, that says that this show sent you just because that helps me differentiate like random strangers that are trying to connect with me with like people who actually want to talk with me. Um, so just hit me up on LinkedIn and then also check out declassified media there you go and i'll have it all linked in the description as well and that's the final tip of the day right there add that note man because people are definitely going to connect with you you know however whatever percentage that might be uh connect with you more if you add that note so let them know uh or let justin know that you came from bobcast justin thanks again for doing this today i really appreciate it man no thank you for having me i know this was a long time coming so excited yeah man from one podcast to another and that's how we do that's how we grow here so ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for joining us today tuning in uh, to another episode of bobcast as you know we're on all platforms even the ones nobody uses and please do not go anywhere we have something for you in the outro all right that's it another episode of bobcast we'll see you on the next one hey it's sully before we head out one quick ask And let me describe this to you. Would you like to receive one email per month from me covering everything we talked about on the podcast during that month? This will also include music content, uh, videos, YouTube, video versions of the podcast, anything podcast or content related for the month covered in one email per month. So this is our newsletter. So if you would just go to sullybop.com dot com on your phone computer tablet whatever you're on right now s-u-l-l-y-b-o-p so just type that in sullybop.com and scroll to the very bottom of that homepage, and you'll see join our newsletter right there now that will cover as i said all the topics we talk about on the podcast just a synopsis of the content for the month so if you feel that that would be valuable please do join that i will also include uh things i'm reading things I'm interested in this particular month, supplements I'm taking, etc. So if that's something that's up your alley, please join our newsletter. I would really appreciate it. Okay, let you go. Have a great one and we'll see you on the next one.